0: Picking up your speed is not as hard as you think. Using research and physics, you'll be able to PR your race this year. Let's dive in. Welcome to Rehab for Runners, the podcast for runners who are ready to get out of pain and run with more confidence. Dr. Lisa will guide you with the clarity you need to unleash your potential. With tools, practical tips, and exercises so you can enjoy your runs and exceed your goals. Welcome to Rehab for Runners. I'm your host, Dr. Lisa, physical therapist, and I hope your runs have been great this summer. So far. It's about 95% humidity in Richmond, Virginia, and let's just say that I'm just embracing the sweat. I know it's coming. I know I'm going to be chugging electrolytes in water after my run, drinking all the liquids, you know, the coffee, the chocolate milk, the electrolytes, the water lineup. I don't know if you're that type of runner that has like four liquids after their run, but it's either that or a headache. So last week I talked about how I've increased speed into my Zone 2 training, and this week actually marks the first week of marathon training, Woo which is super exciting because it's just a hype. It's just getting excited about the race, even though it's really, really far away, but also just feeling prepared going into marathon training is a huge confident booster. So my past couple weeks, I would say past 4 weeks have been the same workouts for running and strength training and rest days as my first couple weeks of marathon training. They've been super similar. So the transition into training doesn't feel overwhelming. It doesn't feel super different. So I would say that is a huge win for me because years ago when I trained for my first half marathon, I don't know if you remember the story, but I did not build a base. I ran two miles a day before half marathon training. And let's just say it was a zero to 100 Moment, It was not very smart on my end, but you know what? You live and you learn. So I've added in speed work and I always see like the most beautiful scenery and trails on Instagram or threads or TikTok. And I'm like, wow, I'm jealous because most of my runs, I would say 90% of my runs are done around a retirement home because no cars and it's a one mile loop. And it's it's very peaceful, but it's also around a retirement home. And recently, my speed workouts have been on Thursdays. So that usually looks like a mile and a half to two mile warm up, easy, easy zone two pace, and then about two miles of speed intervals. So a minute on really fast, like a sprint, and then two minutes off in a jog, getting my heart rate back down. So I'll do that for about two miles. And then it's usually one mile cool down or a mile and a half cool down for my speed workouts. And I feel like this has been very eye opening because I don't actually look at my pace when I'm running. I look at it after the run and just look at, you know, the activity app on the Apple Watch just to see what I was running at. And my pace for my speed workouts have gone down 45 seconds compared to last fall, which is like, what in the heck? That is a huge improvement, a huge transformation. So with that being said, today we're going to talk about how you can increase your speed so you can run faster for longer. When most runners want to get faster, they want to put on more speed, they usually end up running their all their runs too hard, because they're thinking if I continue to pick up my pace for majority of my runs, I'm bound to get faster, my body will get used to that pace, my muscles will get stronger, and I will be able to run faster. But that's not really the case. And there's a couple different things that go into building your speed. Some of it is research based, some of it is physics, Yes, good old physics coming back to haunt me again, but it really is kind of simple when you think about how to build speed. And I've talked about this before and I'll harp on it again, but you're not going to build speed unless you have the right training plan. So this should incorporate an 80-20 training plan where 80% of your runs are easy, 20% of your runs are harder. So when it's time to actually pick up the pace and run at a faster speed, you are able to utilize the right energy systems and you're able to have that energy to even run faster. That has made a huge difference in my running in the past couple months. So make sure your training plan is not just all hard Runs. Make sure you're respecting the research that says 80% of your runs should be easy, 20% of your runs should be hard. That is very, very key to start with because you're not going to get faster if all of your runs are at a high heart rate or you're just running fast for all of your runs. Now, if you're training for, say, a half marathon or a full marathon this year, and it's your very first one, I don't recommend trying to Come out with this really, really awesome goal time because ideally you don't want to be working on building your endurance into new mileage and trying to, you know, let's say qualify for Boston. You don't want to be doing both of those at the same time. Your first race should always be about just building up the endurance, and that's going to allow you to prevent injury. So still, 20% of your runs are hard, but your goal in your head should just be to finish the race strong because that's going to be your best mindset shift for that first race when you go into new distance. Now, fast forward to next year, and you're like, okay, I got my first marathon or half marathon under my belt. And I felt good. Now I want to beat my time. That's when it's appropriate to build speed and to try to pick up your pace. Try to beat last year's time because you have gone through that mileage so you know what to expect. Work on your endurance first, then you can work on your pace. I always say that Building speed and picking up your pace is icing on the cake because a lot of steps have to take place before you start to work on your speed. For example, you have to build your endurance. You have to have the strength. You have to have the stability and mobility. You also have to have the mindset and the right training plan. Endurance first, then speed. Cannot emphasize that enough. The next thing, now that you have the right training plan, you feel like it's a good 80-20 balance or 90-10 balance. Now that you have that under your belt, that's when you also need to work on your strength training. It needs to be specific to running, so not squats, deadlifts, lunges. Those are all okay, but you need to be working into the different planes, into rotation, anti-rotation, working on the stability muscles that are required in your running form, working on the mobility and the strength. So a lot of different aspects. It should not just be a general strength plan for anyone that's going to the gym. It needs to be very specific to running if you are going to see results. The results of your strength program should be that they're working on injury prevention, they're working on getting you stronger, and they're working on getting you faster. Those three goals should be what you're after when you're strength training. Now, I mentioned how a strength program should focus on mobility, stability, and strength. But the last thing that your strength training should be focusing on is building more power because power equals speed. Let me repeat that. More power equals more speed. Look at the sprinters in the Olympics. They are generating so much power and force out of their body, and that is how they are able to run faster. And that is exactly how you will be able to run faster and it all comes down to physics. The more force that you're able to put into the ground, the more power that's going to come out of the ground reaction force. Let me give you an example so this makes sense. Say you're throwing a tennis ball or a bouncy ball into the ground. You wanna bounce it up as high as you can. So you take the tennis ball or bouncy ball and you throw it as hard into the ground as you can and it's going to bounce as high as you can allow it to with your power that you put behind that ball. Now, if you just gently throw the ball into the ground, it's not going to bounce as high. And it's the same thing when running, except building more power into the ground does not mean stomping (laughs) into the ground. It doesn't mean trying to push your body into the ground. It doesn't mean that you should be trying to land really hard on the ground because we all know that's not efficient. It means generating more power naturally through those type 2 fast twitch muscle fibers. And as you build up those type 2 muscle fibers that are fast twitch, they're able to generate more power. You're going to be able to generate more speed. Now, this is a combination of your training plan and also what you're doing outside of running. So you need to be incorporating power and plyometric drills outside of running if you want to run faster. When I say power and plyometric exercises, I'm talking about movements that are either high weight, low rep, or plyometrics. So let me give you an example of both because they're both fitting into generating more power. So a power move might be a jump squat with weights. You're going to do, let's say, medium to heavy weight. You're holding a weight on each side. You're jumping up and down, getting into your squat, jumping up as high as you can. That's going to teach your body to generate more power. And you're only going to do, I would say, four to six reps. So high weight, low rep. So you give your body a good amount of time to recover, and then you do it again. So that's an example of a power move. You teach your body to generate more force and more speed as you move a certain weight. Now, if we're talking about on the flip side, the plyometrics, which also fall into the power moves, The plyometrics are more of the jumping exercises. So this might look like single leg jumps in place, it might look like jump squats again without any weight, it might look like box jumps, different plyometric moves that teach your body to also generate more power. Now I like to incorporate the power and plyometric moves at the end of a workout. You can think of them as your finisher, but incorporating them at the end of the workout allows your body to continue building those type two fast twitch muscle fibers, even when you're tired from your strength workout. When I created the Runners Complete Program, which is a strength and mobility program for runners, I specifically designed stability in the beginning of the workout, strength for the powerhouse muscles in the middle of the workout, And then power and plyometric moves at the end of the workout. I didn't advertise this program as a program that will help you build speed because I wanted runners to think of speed as icing on the cake. I wanted them to think about this program as a program that will allow you to get stronger and prevent injuries. And on top of all that, if you're doing the exercises, you're doing the mobility moves after your runs, then you will get stronger because at the end of the day you should always be working on injury prevention and you should always be working on getting stronger as a runner and then building your speed is a good goal to have but it should come on top of injury prevention and building strength. Once I put it out, I knew that it was going to allow the runners to get faster and I was just waiting for the results to come in and It's a 12 week long program. So after about three months, I was getting so many runners telling me I took X amount of time off of my half marathon or my marathon race, or I could not believe how fast I was running and how good I felt. And I just absolutely love that because it really does show if you're doing the right exercises and you have the right plan, then you will see results. It's no magic secret that combining research and physics is going to make you a faster runner, but you have to have the right plan and you have to execute it and give it a good amount of time. Everything good with running or with life comes with consistency and giving it enough time. So the runner's complete program is 12 weeks long. And I designed that because really building up your speed is minimum going to take two months if you're doing the right training plan and you are incorporating power and plyometric moves. Minimum two months, more so along the lines of three to four months with that consistency. Do not expect results overnight if you are trying to build your speed. It's just not going to happen. That's like expecting results overnight that you're going to build your endurance. We all know that doesn't happen either. So have a good training plan. Stay consistent with it. Incorporate those plyometrics and those power moves at least two to three times per week on top of your running specific strength workout. Do your mobility moves before and after your run. And you're going to see results. If your running has plateaued, say your speed has plateaued, It could be a couple things. The first thing I would check is your training plan. I'm a sucker for a Google sheet, so put in your total weekly mileage into that Google Excel sheet and then add up how many miles you did speed or you ran a little bit harder and make sure you're sticking with that 80-20 rule. Now, I love zone two. I think it's way better than a conversational pace in terms of giving you barriers. So if you need to drop your easy pace down a little bit, that might make a big difference as well. The next thing I would check is making sure that your strength workout is challenging. It should be, I like to say, moderately challenging so it's not too hard to where you can't even do the exercise correctly or you're too sore after your workout. And also shouldn't be too easy. Often I get the question: is body weight strength training okay? And it's okay as long as one, you're doing the exercises correctly, two, it's specific to running, and three, it's giving you that moderate challenge. If you need a bigger challenge, then change up your workout. Try a new workout, try a new workout plan you should not be doing the same weight as you were doing a couple years ago. You have to challenge yourself in order to see results. Now, that does not mean that you should be lifting really, really heavy weight, pushing it really hard to build strength while you're training for a race you're gonna be super sore and you're gonna be mad at me. (laughs) So I don't recommend that. When you're training for a race, that's when you should be in that maintenance mode, not necessarily pushing it too hard to where you're super sore the next day for your runs, but also you should be still in that moderate challenge. The exercises should be challenging you in different planes and different muscle groups. The next thing I would check if your running has plateaued is if you're adding in power and plyometric moves. This is usually not the case with runners. They see plyometrics as, oh, well, I just jump when I'm running, right? So I don't need to do that. And that's not the case. I already went over why you should do that. So make sure you're doing that after your strength workouts. And then the last thing I would look at if your running has plateaued is if you've given it enough time. You have to give things enough time and stay consistent with it in order to see results. That goes with anything in life as you know. If you found this episode helpful, please rate it and review it below. This allows me to keep bringing you free content. And I just hope you have a great next run. And I hope this episode was super helpful for you. Have a good one. Bye.